0: Hiraeth is a Welsh concept of longing for home. Hiraeth is a word that cannot be completely translated, meaning more than solely missing something or missing home. It implies the meaning of missing time, an era, or a person, including homesickness for what may not exist any longer. <laughs>
1: Pending Not Breaking, a Patreon exclusive, The Terminal, Part 2. And welcome back for another episode of Pending Not Breaking, I'm Sunshine Mayfield. And this is Ben Pruitt. And on the dials, but also chatting a lot on this episode, we're bringing back the one, the only, Max Gongaware. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Hello. Hello! And, and we are diving in uh, a month later
0: to The Terminal Part 2. It must have been really hard for y'all having, you know, watched the first half of The Terminal and not really finished it. I mean, really tough for y'all. Do you
1: think people did that? you think people watched the first half of the movie and they're like, this is where they stopped in the podcast, so we will wait a month and then we'll watch That's the rest of it. absolutely what they did, 100%. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. That's how we watch the show. Max, is that how you watch the movie?
2: I'd have just watched it twice. You love this movie. You that's do why love this movie. It. Yeah.
1: Oh, it is so good to be back. We are ready to jump on in. Everyone's doing well. Everyone's doing good. Ben, you good? I'm good. Max, you good? Can't complain. Anything exciting happening? No. Yeah, okay.
2: Uh, well, not at this time.
1: That's a Max line. You're not allowed to say that. I mean, I just did. You can
2: say whatever you wants. That's C. True. I can't believe you, the host of a welcoming an inclusive podcast like this would say to someone, you're not allowed to say that progress, not perfection. <laughs> is that progress or not progress? Uh,
1: That's like overall, it's like overall, it's like, you know, like <laughs> sometimes you, you, as long as you take 10 steps forward and two steps back, as long as you're like netting more positive oh, over time, Okay, okay, okay progress okay. Can't, can't be perfect. Don't let perfect be the enemy of the good.
0: That is a great
1: quote. I love it. Trying to be the best I can just to, one step at a time. Hmm.
2: All right. God willing. God willing. You sound like a Nuke Lelouch uh, post-game
0: interview right now. A who? Nuke Lelouch. Then who's Nuke Lelouch? Lelouch is a character on um, Code Geass, which is an anime, and Lelouch is the main uh, protagonist. So this person and coached so- that main protagonist on Code Geass. Is that who you're talking about, That Max? must be it. I, I Yeah,
1: that's
2: probably it. Who knows? The, the originator of whatever I was talking
0: about—he's kind of like an anti-hero in
1: K-Deos? Avatar. Do
2: you watch any other anime? Depends. Depends on how you define anime.
0: How do you define anime? Uh, typical definition. You know, <laughs> the standard. <laughs> like, so let me rephrase the question. Do you? How many? Like, what's your go-to uh, cartoon of choice? Do you have a cartoon of choice?
2: Uh, maybe like uh, like a cartoon of choice. How about um. Uh, I'm just sorting through all the different cartoons I watch. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not at this time. Name a cartoon. Oh, <laughs> The Simpsons. Oh, great. You ever
1: watch it? Sure. Do you watch it? Like, do you watch it? Watch it.
2: What What does that mean? Do you like? like does just saying the same thing twice in a row make it I mean, mean more? Do yes. Yeah. Do you yes, watch it? Watch it. Do you? It's, it's drink called it, emphasis. Drink it? Do you speak into a microphone?
1: Speak into a microphone. That makes a difference. Because I... you can speak into a microphone, but then sometimes you need to speak into the microphone.
2: Hmm. Mm. mm. This doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Well, you know, it should make sense. The recap that you're about to do on part two. So if I'm not mistaken, we stopped our last episode right around the time.
0: Victor got hired by the contractor people.
1: That's right. And so from that moment on, you need to take us to the end of the movie with the best that you can as someone who's watched this movie at least 50 times. And I know
0: it was a month ago, but if you recall, Max got about uh, not into the plot of the movie during his recap last time. So uh, he... I disagree. I covered that he was stuck in a terminal. What else? I mean... (laughs) (laughs) He didn't get far.
1: You've got 30 seconds to get us from him getting a job to the end of the movie, and
2: away we go. Victor Noworski continues his mission. He's been hired as a contractor by a, whatever you call it, a construction group inside the terminal. Exciting stuff.
0: Well done, well done.
2: He's also, like, kind of infatuated with this woman named Amelia. Meanwhile, he's trying to get his green card so that he can go hang out in a jazz club with Benny Golson and get his autograph. Ten seconds And left. finally go home. Throughout the rest of this episode of Bending Not Breaking, <laughs> we will discuss scenes in which... And stop. A lot of things happen, including the end of the movie, and I guess you'll just have to wait and see.
0: For someone who, like, really loves this movie, he really doesn't want to, like, dive into the details. No That's spoilers. interesting. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> For this <laughs> podcast, it's about to
1: be about this movie.
2: Yeah, but we got to keep people wanting more. Do people want more of the Terminal? <laughs> do people
0: want a Terminal, too? Y'all are the ones who decided to let me do Max's hey, choice. Patreon people, That's fair. if you want more Terminal... I'm sorry, we cannot give it to you. We're finishing it. (laughs) We are finishing it today. We're gonna pick
1: other things that that well, Max will pick other things, so
2: you know We'll see. I mean it depends on how the listenership goes for this one, right? Uh no, we're gonna keep doing doing it. it. And we're just gonna keep doing it and just know that like Yeah, we're gonna let Max continue to choose stuff knowing that nobody listens to Max's choice episodes. I think we well, might we do. Our, steer our you in other directions. Direction, which we no.
1: need to thank our Patreon supporters for listening. Absolutely. We don't know if they're, inf- no, supporting. what I'm
2: saying is we don't know... Like At the time of this recording, we have not yet even released part one. Right? So wow, we don't know Max. what... <laughs> like, what Max's goods. choice it's as okay. Okay. the producer... He'll, he'll, he'll fix it in post. As the okay. producer, I get to give a peek behind the curtains, right? We don't know what the listenership is going to be. My, my guess is they're going to see, oh, this isn't an episode about... What's the show? Avatar. (laughs) I don't think you give yourself enough credit, Max. I think people like you. I think people do you think people are going to listen because it's Max's choice I think I think they're going to see Max's choice and I think people want to hear from you
0: I think they want to hear from you and I think they enjoy engaging with this type of viewing and listening and paying attention to media not just Avatar and so I think at this point the people who are supporting us and patrons if if I'm completely wrong about this please let us know but tell us on our Facebook page that you are already a part of yeah I, I think I think that people are bought into the concept of how we're viewing the media not just uh the media itself and so and it's fun to dive into something completely new yeah
2: it's refreshing this movie was made in 2004
1: completely new to them or to me you've seen it i watched it once but to be fair i I didn't love it the way that you loved it so this was a new way for me to to engage with it
2: i've heard it both ways
1: i give the terminal a seven out of ten
0: that's pretty good
1: yeah, yeah, it's decent. Is, it's, it's pretty positive.
0: good. That's fine. But this, this more like a six point five. The
1: relationship between Amelia and Victor definitely uh, lost it a couple points. Kind of drags. I told you that. Yet you love this movie.
2: Yeah, sure, I do love this movie. Is it
1: because it feels like home? Does this movie feel a little bit like home to you?
2: Sure. That's an interesting question. Once you come back, it's 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 a movie I can come back to anytime and and be charmed by and and I guess those are some homey qualities. Let's. The, re- the reason
1: I asked is because our lens is
2: homesickness. Homesickness,
1: and I think before we jump into the movie, we need to we,
0: identify what homesickness
1: correct, is. Correct. And we've all worked as camp counselors, right? Yeah. So we we've experienced homesickness, but what a twelve year old might experience as homesickness might look very different than what a 45-year-old man trapped in a terminal might experience his homesickness. Indeed, Or what uh, a 30-year-old or anybody or an 80-year-old might experience his homesickness. Keep and naming so, ages. Yeah, with a, uh, a, a 71-year-old My or God. maybe like a 53-and-a-half-year-old. You're right. on to something. Or I'm, someone who's 29 in leap years, which would make them like a 100 and... A lot. 16? 29 S- times 4? Yeah. I did the math quickly. I don't know if it's accurate. There's no way to know. All right. Yeah. But I think that I lost my train of thought. What is homesickness? What is it? And how do we define it? And how does that equate the way that we get to help people with it?
0: Well, I I think also with homesickness, it uh, begs the question of what is home? And so I think that's worth Mm. talking about too. And so, like, we have to, before we can get to like homesickness, I think we have to talk about what home is. Max, what is home to you? It is the uh,
2: opening track from Mark Broussard's album, *Karin Crow, which
0: I highly recommend. Sunshine, what does home mean to you?
1: I think it's, it's, it's a cliche for a reason, but home is where the heart is. And I think that that's...
2: Live, laugh, love.
1: Live, laugh, love. Mm. Um, but it's, I think there's something really to that when you unpack it. This place and understanding that home can be with your parents and siblings... But it can also be with your friends and chosen family. Um, Some people's homes don't feel like home. Um, And so I think it's, it's a place where you can be your true authentic self, hopefully. Is home um, a
2: place or is it a
0: feeling?
1: I think it's a feeling. I, I, I would argue it's a feeling more. So I, can it be? Can a building give you that feeling? Absolutely. Yeah,
0: I think that's yes. But I, agree I think with this. it's
1: the people and the culture and the way you feel when you're inside that building that really makes something home.
0: Well, you know what? And it's I, not a house. I th- this is bending not breaking, right? It's a and home. so one of the reasons I think this this podcast exists and is so successful because of y'all is the fact that. Avatar: The Last Airbender creates a major sense of home because it creates this sense of co- like comfort when we can return to a a, a source, a media, uh, a TV show, a book, uh, and return to it because it brings us comfort uh, in times when we are feeling struggling. Right? I think that's what home feels like. And so I'm gonna be real with y'all. I was last night. I was tweeting around because I was feeling. Uh, I I go and engage with social media more when I am feeling lonely and when I am feeling um, uh, like I am not connected. And so that's a bid for connection is when I'm on social media. And what I realized while I was doing that is I wanted to be watching something that like brought me home that made me feel comforted. I didn't want to have to think about something new. I didn't want to have to think about it. And so you know what was on in the background while I was doing it on social media, is is the Avatar. Right? I was gonna say Hook. Right, Avatar for me is a, is a it's a sense of comfort. It I don't have to, um. I can connect with them. It's just it's a really cool thing that that show creates. Well, and it's
1: good to be able to take things like the Terminal or Avatar and go into it deeply, like we are. But it also is nice to be able to put it on in the background and know that you can step out of the room. And come back and be in a familiar place.
0: And it's familiar. It's familiarity. And I think Matt, you were, you talked about this, but like, is the terminal home for you, Max? Right? Because and I and I wonder because what when you're watching the terminal, what are the let's dive into the the feelings you're experiencing when you watch the terminal. You were talking about how you were charmed. Like, what what else is it that happens when you watch it?
2: I think it is like the the musical score is, is like just like brings back fond memories. It is a movie that I originally watched with my family, so that certainly has some elements of home behind it. Uh, and, and I think that there are just I don't know. It's not like a there are so many movies from our generation that like leagues and leagues of people like quote from. Yeah. But I always enjoy kind of being on a different, like, quoting from things that, like, people don't understand. The road less traveled. The ro- Yes, the road less traveled. So, like, for me, how many times have the two of you... Yeah, thanks. <laughs> how time many times have the two of you heard me quote the terminal? And, like, you know that it's the terminal, but also... Know you Know that you no one it's... else knows that it's the terminal. It's hilarious that I'm quoting the terminal because nobody else in the room has any idea what the, the H-E... Double hockey sticks. Double hockey sticks. <laughs> I'm talking about. Like, how wonderful is it to just go, 50-50, 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> and but, I do that for a lot of movies that, like, I know, like, getting into a different, this might be a future Max's choice, but my favorite baseball movie of all time is not
0: Sandlot. Eight Men Out. Yeah. It's not
2: The Sandlot. It's not... Uh, Bull Durham, it's Little Big League. Love it! Can't, I can't wait for us. Which to do I, that. I know, sunshine. I know, sunshine what? loves that movie. So when I do that quote of again, the people listening right now are gonna have no idea what I'm talking about. But there's <laughs> there's this bit where he's he's talking about how amazing kids are these days, and he's talking about you know I played winter ball in Venezuela, and the kids there are amazing. Every single one of them is speaking Spanish. And then another character says, "Well, they speak Spanish in Venezuela." And that's just, like, one of my favorite movie lines of all time. (laughs) So sometimes I will just say... I know. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes I will say, like, if we're having a a conversation about something that impresses you, I'll just say, well, they speak Spanish in Venezuela.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I I think that that's important because if we're tackling homesickness, the understanding of what... When someone misses home, what are they truly missing? Are they missing the building? Are they missing the people? Are they missing the feeling that comes with those things? Are they missing the comfort that comes with those things? Because if we're going to really tackle homesickness, uh, which it really can almost be pared down to loneliness, I think, a lot of the time, yeah, uh, which yeah. is deadly. Like, there are studies that show that loneliness links to earlier heart attacks Um, And cardiovascular issues that it actually has a wear and tear on your body. And this understanding that if we can find a way to combat loneliness, combat homesickness and create new homes where people can belong. It really one ties into our earlier episode of inclusion, but you're doing a physical, you're helping people physically when you're able to do that you are helping them be better people, but you're also helping, you might be saving a life by doing
0: it. Yeah, that. and I, one of the reasons I liked the uh, definition of like here I at the beginning, uh, our cold open, right, is this Welsh concept. It explains that it, like it's more than just missing home. It's missing time, an era, a person. It's missing something that may not exist any longer, right? It's this uh, nostalgia that you long for that you're missing. And so again, I think it's more than just missing a place right it's more than that it's deeply rooted in missing that feeling of security that exists in in, and and i think security and safety are what we really like are always looking for uh whether we realize it or not
1: um and so one of the first things i'd like to kind of get into from the movie is one of the earliest moments of the second part that we dive into is this moment of uh this this man uh mr milo drogovich milo drogovich? yep i don't know how i'm saying that's that. that's how the tooch says it the two mr milo drogovich. he is just in unconsolable anger unconsolable uh, unconsolable uh rage fear all of these emotions you're feeling in this person because he all he is desperately trying to get home to give medicine to his father And that's that's homesickness to me, right? That that moment is this yearning to be back home to protect the ones that you love creates this homesickness in him and how real that was for this character going through. And the ability for Victor to come in and speak the language immediately creates this sense of safety, this sense of someone knows that I'm here, I'm not alone Yeah, and how powerful that really
0: is. So I want to give a, a content warning. We're about to talk about uh, suicidal ideation. We're about to talk about uh, the, the mental health that is involved in this scene. And if that's something that you want to pass over, just uh, skip ahead a few minutes and uh, we will not begrudge anybody for doing that. Absolutely. So going into this, I, 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 to, to be driven to the point where you're in a group of people and you have no other option than to threaten your own life in order to to save someone you love. Like, what? Uh, like, I'm, I'm, I'm tearing up thinking about it. Like, this is a moment that is huge. And it's, like, it's passed over as something that... This is a, a very dark moment in this movie. Mm-hmm. And to, to put myself in that situation requires that I get, like immensely emotional and I'm going to be real. I'm not like, I don't, I don't know that I, who would I do that for? Who would I do that for? And I, and I think about it and I'm, I'm to like be in like, I think I would submit and be, I'm not, I don't think I'm, is that, what is that? Is that courage? Is that like, what is that feeling that, that sense of being cornered where this is all you have? Because to me, I I think I would be submissive in that moment and I would give in to the rules. Cause I'm a rule follower by nature, but like, I don't know. Like what, this is huge. This is a big moment. What are your alls thoughts on this? I, I think one of
2: the critical takeaways from this moment, and I'm not sure yet where the lens of homesickness comes into this, but you, like Ben, you mentioned like being a rule follower. Well, this moment, what we end up getting from this moment is Victor figures out a kind of gray area where, you know what, if I tell Mr. Milodragovich a different version of this rule, he can kind of get away with what he's trying to do, uh, where he kind of explains, like, if you tell Frank Dixon that this medicine is for your goat instead of for your dad, you're going to be able to go home and bring the medicine with you so that you can save your dad. So I think there are a couple different pieces to this. Is Sometimes rules... Are created to be followed, but also you have to apply, like, context, context, and heart and um, humanism to these rules at times. And I think that's where that's Frank Dixon's big flaw throughout this movie.
0: Well, and his boss says that to him. Like, he, I, I, he says a flawed line. He says, "Compassion is the foundation of this country," which. That, I don't know how I feel that about that. Might but not like be true. the but the message of that I I liked. Like I that is a very idealistic thought of the founding of our country, it's but the most like generous assumption. It's a, exactly. But like it's one of those things where when Toot shows his ass to the higher ups, pardon, oops, I probably shouldn't have said that. But like like they catch him and see him in this moment and we'll comes it in post. Yeah, Max do that. Uh, compassion is the foundation of the country and this is a moment where Frank doesn't do that, right? Instead, it's this this penalizing perspective of like I have to follow the rules and I have to do it to a to a T and sometimes like the message here was that we have to bend those rules sometimes in order to be compassionate and kind.
1: When I think I think how it does play into homesickness is using the resources and knowledge that you have to help others to help find solutions with others is incredibly impactful and creates that sense of belonging and creates that safety and creates a place where someone can either get home or find home. Um, and I think that this it's a beautiful moment. It's a beautiful moment where Victor Navorsky is able to do this and has the empathy and understanding of how to work the system so that this can happen um, and how detrimental it can be if you don't have that person there for you. Because what would have happened if Victor Navorsky hadn't have been there? Well, there was a translator in Newark, an hour away. I, and who really knows if that would have, if that translator would have made it?
0: Yeah, it's just a really tough moment, um,
1: and and it, just so beautiful at the same time.
0: Yeah, and and to be fair, I I do not know enough about why that rule technically exists. I'm sure it has been abused in the past. Right, I'm sure that there is a reason why a rule around creating and bringing in drugs into the country and then t- taking them out of the country. I, I'm, I'm sure, right. There's a valid reason that rule exists, right? Um, and this is a moment in which it's it's really a, a bureaucratic uh, miscommunication. As to, like, I wonder if he would have he would have bought a different flight and not gone through the United States in order to get that through to his father, had he not, um, like, so uh, he would have taken measures. So, uh, like, our ignorance and our inability to understand certain rules about certain countries is a huge barrier to doing what we are trying to do and accomplish our goals. And I think that's that's tough. Doing that in our own country
1: is tough. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Like, laws are meant to be tough to decipher and tough to understand and they're dense and there's loopholes and there's all these other things. And if you don't have someone who's there to help you along to navigate that your quote unquote punishment is so vastly different than someone who has all of those resources and is able to navigate the legal system in a different way.
0: Well, I just, a bureaucracy gets in the way of kindness. That's, that's my, my takeaway from this moment is bureaucracy gets in the way of kindness and compassion.
2: Do you think that Frank Dixon's lack of compassion is representative of a lack of a sense of like? Do you what do you think his sense of home is like? As far as we know, he's a single man in his forties who, like, is we pr- see that married he, to his you know job, what? if you will.
0: You know what we see? He likes fishing. He has fish on his wall. Mm-hmm. Victor tries to bring him a fish. You know, like fish, um, but uh, like the fact that he likes fishing. And I think that that's probably a sense of home for him when he's fishing, when he is out on the water, when he is with himself and able to like this. is That's probably his only alone time that aside from, you know you know what I mean? I, I wonder if that's that's home for him.
1: Well, I, we are more likely to replicate the behaviors that are modeled for us and the ones that we're told about or the ones that we discuss, and so it is likely that his behavior is, is, is based off of a model that was given for him when he was younger, um, or saw heavily when he was growing up. Um, so, that, I mean, there's a good chance that, that what we see as lack of compassion and seeing things in a very black-and-white manner um, is likely some, some way that he did grow up.
2: I'm not even convinced Frank Dixon actually likes to fish. I think that could be him modeling the behavior of his boss who just bought a boat and is retiring. Like, I wonder if that's that's... an
0: interesting read. That's interesting. I didn't catch that either. That's that's huh.
2: And and
1: we, we search for ways to create things and and bring normalcy into what we expect or think that we need to behave. Um, One of the questions I wrote down in this part was how do we search for normalcy when it comes to creating a home and, and making that home when we're feeling homesick. And I feel like we see Victor do this throughout the course of the movie. He creates. Oh yeah, a, He creates a night out on the town. That's more probably reminiscent of a date night that he's been on before, or one that he. I um, think they eat a lot of cannelloni in Krakosha? No. <laughs> uh, but he he's looking for love and connection with Amelia. Um, he's he's creating that date life. He's 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 finding a job that is familiar to him.
0: I think more literally though, like he he created like a home. He created a space that is his. Right? Yes. He built a bed. He like has this space where this is where he's living. And I think that's so integral to his mental health, to have a place where he can go that is only his. Mm-hmm. I think that's massive, right? Yeah. I, I think that's huge. Like, like He goes there. That's where he's learning. That's where he reads. That's where he lives. That's where he, like, I, I, it's just, I think having our own space is an integral piece of that safety we're talking about when we think about home right, and being able to go to that space to retreat and retire and re- like, I'm an introvert. I need my space, right? Intro- extroverts not necessarily. Everybody needs their space at some point, but like I-, I think that having that retreat time is very much necessary. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. What other moments did we see that
0: we want to highlight about homesickness? There's a few. Uh, I-, I have... I'm interested to talk about Amelia in the bookstore. This That's a very quick moment, but her af- like affinity with history is, I think, uh, grounded in this, like, why is she like history? And I think it's a similar concept as to, like, why do we go back to Avatar again and again and again? Why do we go back to the Terminal again and again and again? It's because I wonder if learning those things and um, grounding yourself in that information, for some people can be very, uh, this is where I feel safe. This is where I'm learning. This is where I'm growing. This is interesting to me. This feels like home, right? And so I wonder if, it seems like Amelia is a learner and I feel like whenever she's learning, that might be a time when she feels more closer to home, Mm -hmm. right? And so she reads when she's on planes, when she's constantly traveling. Literally, that's an interesting perspective because you don't, where is your home when you're constantly traveling, right? And I wonder for her if it's, in history. In history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. How do y'all feel about that? That little theory? a Strong theory. Thanks. Good talk. Yeah. Happy to uh,
2: be a part of that.
1: But I think it goes back to creating a home, and it, whether it's a physical one or this mental one, but finding that space of familiarity and comfort is, is really important for your own safety and personal well-being. And I think that that's just the way
2: that she does that. Um Absolutely. I think one thing that stands out to me through the lens of homesickness is, as we kind of learn more and more about the backstories of these uh, peripheral characters, uh, specifically Gupta, he is a fugitive from his home. And he's he, big. He is like literally he can't be he can't afford to be homesick because if he ever does get deported or ever does decide to go back home, his theory is that he's going to immediately get arrested and his family is is there, his children are there, but he, he, in his mind, he can't afford to be homesick. And I I wonder if his lack of, I, I don't know, like, I don't know how much of a sense of home he has in his current life. And I think that comes out, through his suspicions and his paranoia and and a lot of the way that we see that he lives his life.
1: Well, I think that's really important to highlight is that if you don't have a safe place to be or a place that you feel safe in, if you're constantly worried about being deported or constantly worried about being taken away from a home, it is incredibly difficult to focus, to live life in a productive way. It has an incredible toll on your mental health. Um, and I think we see that from him, and it's one of the questions that I put down is this idea of as long as I keep my head down and my floor clean, they have no reason to deport me. Yeah. And so this idea of I have to be perfect and never mess up, or else that could be the end, is so detrimental. I, yes. And yes. so real for so many people. And I think that that just highlights it, and so this this understanding of the mental toll that comes with that is absolutely devastating
0: and and let's be real gupta made a mistake it was and it's a big mistake somebody's life was taken right and that's big that's a that's a big mistake and i i i think what this lifts up for me is when i think about the people who are being detained on the border now who their only flaw is that they were here in this country and let's consider that like let's that being a flaw is even a a tough thing to say and so they they like there are so many stories of people who had to leave their countries because they were escaping something that was terrible and terrifying and now we're sending them back or worse keeping them keeping them in a in a detainment center in which they can't see their kids in which like releasing kids but not releasing parents yes like it's just it's it really evokes that for me, and it's a really tough, tough situation to think about. Because if I were Gupta and I knew that that was happening, I there's no chance that I would have done what he did. There's no chance. And he did it anyway. And he did it anyway. And can we like let's be like another problematic portion of this is this is a guy who is stopping a plane from taking off. And he has a mop in his hand. He is then swarmed by 50-plus police with armed assault rifles. And they all leverage, like, that, like, mass weaponry against a, a man with a mop. I find that to be incredibly problematic.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, but also a pretty
0: good representation of real life. Like. Which is why it's problematic it's so, is because it's too real, especially with our current day context. Right? This was back in what 2004 four. we decided, and so like so we, putting we, the contextual decided, lens of 9/11, but contextual lens of one 9/11, and then two, what's going on today? It's just this is it's too much. It is too much. That's my thought. Sorry.
1: Yeah, you didn't need 50 dudes with assault rifles barreling down on this one guy.
0: Unnecessary. Unnecessary yeah. force.
2: Yeah, but... Unsur- like, again, but again, unsurprising. Unsurprising, yeah. yes.
0: I was not shocked by this scene at all until no. we watched it just now. But what does that say? We right. exactly. exactly. should be. Exactly, yes.
1: This should not be the norm i agree especially especially when we're talking about individuals who just don't feel like that even in their own city of living the, the place they've lived their entire lives to feel like an outsider or to feel like you don't belong yeah why you know and that's that's such a but but why why are we forcing people to feel that way why do we have a system that is forcing people to feel that way
0: I don't know fear.
2: Going back shame. In, going back into homesick. It is kind of neat. He knows like he's gonna get deported, and probably like once he gets home, back home, he's gonna get arrested, and like life is probably not gonna be great for him. And yet, right after this all happens, he he looks up into the window of the terminal, waves to Victor, and has a big old smile on his face
0: when he says, "I'm going home." I'm going home. What a moment! Like, and that's just like i'm going home what a statement that like carries so much weight um that's big that's a big moment for sure
1: yeah definitely love for gupta yeah gratitude for gupta yeah all right any other moments that was max that was my next big moment was was that exact
2: moment so i'm glad that we saw that was
1: also uh... my next big moment any other ones that we want to talk about or any other moments of homesickness
2: i'm gonna be real can we talk about, uh, well, do you want to be real first? You can be real first.
0: This is like, uh, what what happens when life
2: When stops? keeping it real
0: yeah. goes wrong. Yeah. I, I was going to say, homesickness was a struggle for me on the second half, just to identify things um, and think about. Um, but isn't I, that like part yeah. of
1: the fun and the challenge? Absolutely. taking a lens that yeah, just yeah.
0: doesn't necessarily, you don't necessarily think it
1: fits, but still finding these moments. Like we just, we've pulled out several moments here that have been very, very, very poignant, very nice. Yeah. Uh, not nice. That's not the right word. Poignant's a better word.
0: English! Max, what'd you have to say? I've already forgotten. So, probably my last one is that jazz, for Victor, is a sense of home. Um, and we see the the peanut container, right? Jazz, With... an ancient Krakosian form of art. <laughs> but, like, I, I think music, more than anything... No. yeah music more than anything invokes like a stirring in our soul right like and it's this like the promise that he made to his father to get all of the to get this last signature to get all these other signatures is what a committed person to spend nine months in an airport doing this for the memory of his father and i think if that doesn't spell home for me then i don't know what does
1: and let's 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 continue to talk about the power of music and how that brings people together this idea of I love when we we could, and hopefully we'll be able to at some point, going to a live show. And I used to be someone who would say, if I don't have a friend to go with me, I'm not going to go. That used to be kind of my mentality. As I got older, I realized I was missing out on good shows because I couldn't find someone that was able to go or wanted to go. Yep. But then the first concert I think I went to by myself, I ended up meeting three strangers. We're all singing our hearts out. And it's this powerful tool of connection because you all know the words. You Hold know hands what's going on with strangers. And, and, it's, and it's a beautiful moment. Um, you may have heard of her. I think there's a reason we do that at summer camp. There's a reason we sing songs at summer camp. Absolutely. And it's to create a sense of it doesn't matter if it's your 15th year there or your first, you get to learn this song that's a catch along song or a repeat song, and someone gets to immediately feel like they belong. Which is incredibly powerful. You do the same thing at. There's a Blue Ridge Leader School. There's always a song of the summer, right? Yes. And it serves a similar purpose. Well, and
0: I, and I think that singing with people, singing is vulnerable, period. Like singing with people, like people don't sing when they're not feeling safe, right? Right. Singing is inherently cre- like implying that the the scene is safe, right? Correct. And I think that's something that's really important. To, to take note of right and like music is uh a it is a message one to anyone who is in the room that like this is a safe spot unless it's the reigns of castamere and that's just a not safe song no it is not and, I, and still too soon yeah still too soon <laughs> probably probably too soon but like singing specifically not like necessi- eight years ago still too soon yeah but singing specifically is a People don't sing unless they're feeling safe. That is my, my pr- proposal.
1: Oh, just dance. Just dance and sing. Yeah, and well, and again, such a power to
0: Invoking it. Brene Brown again, like I think that, that what her 10th uh, guidepost to wholehearted living is laughter, song, and dance must be cultivated in order to be a wholehearted human being. Mm-hmm. And you have to engage with laughter, you have to engage with singing, and you have to engage with dancing. And that is profoundly uncomfortable for a lot of people. But... I think it's, and rather, it is necessary for us to engage with our whole hearts with the world. Hmm. I love her. She's
1: pretty great. She is great. Any other things we want to tackle before we uh, take a quick break and then jump into a
2: devotion and gratitude? Do we need to talk about the role of Star Trek?
1: Let's talk about the
2: role of Star Trek. Yeah, go ahead. I don't, I don't, I've never watched Star Trek, but what I gather is that it's maybe there's a sense of, like people trying to make their way back home is that a thing in star trek i, I, I i'm wouldn't not know. familiar enough with the fandom but is like is star trek also being a connection between uh enrique cruz mm-hmm. diego luna plays enrique cruz Whew. and well officer torres played by zoe Saldana. yes correct you're going i was connecting like with that in my head like that being kind of one of the things that they initially connect over, yeah, um, is that an example of like something like, oh, this connection, this is our home, this is our home base. Is that like maybe I'm like we're not really talking about homesickness anymore, but now we're just using home base as a metaphor for a sense of home. I think you are if, if we're talking about
1: homesickness in the way that we've cultivated at the beginning, where it can be the sense of loneliness, this need to to be with people, absolutely that sense of connection and connecting on a level of you watch star trek, i watch star trek.
0: I feel more at home with I you. I feel
1: more at home with you. And it's there's a, the book click by the author that Ben's going to name right now.
0: Uh which, Orion Ron Rothman because that's a name. It's uh, two people. Yep. They're brothers.
1: But oh, i was thinking of switch. No, click. One of the one of the accelerators of connection is similarities. And one of the things they talk about in that is that it's not necessarily the potency of the similarity, but the amount that you yeah, have it. And there. that's really important. It's a
0: huge—and it's counterintuitive. It's really—it's counterintuitive. Because like, you would
1: think if our religion matches, then we're more likely to connect. Yeah, that's a
0: big connection. But, but that
1: connection means just as much as I watch Star Trek, you watch Star Trek. Correct. Or I like tacos, you like tacos.
0: Yeah, I, if, and if this is an irritating, like if this is, if you're like, I don't know about that, I highly recommend the book. It's really short, but it's really powerful. Well, and again, it's accelerators
1: to creating connection, right? The more similarities you have, eventually you will pull in and dive into the deep connections that are created by those things, similar experiences that you've gone through. But to create the initial connection and to feel that click that you're trying to create, the amount of similarities is going to be a faster accelerator. Truth. Because you're more likely to get into those and, and feel like home so that you can dive deeper into the big connectors. Mm. Um, but that's that's really important. So when you're talking about combating homesickness and creating that space for other people, connection and finding similarities is a big part of that. And yeah. So I think that's really important. Absolutely. Any other things that we want to bring up before we jump to our quick break? And then devotion and gratitude. What about the taxi driver?
2: What about the taxi driver? <laughs> I got here a couple days ago. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, he says, where are you going? Ramada Inn. I want to go see Benny Golson. And then Victor is a king of small talk at this point. He says, oh, like, how long have you been here? Uh, since Tuesday. And just uh, the, the I don't know, the foil between Victor's journey versus that taxi driver's journey and Tuesday, I hate Tuesday, how, how home connects to that. If at all, if it doesn't, then I'm just happy to share an anecdote from my, you
0: favorite know, movie. I, I just, I think what that throws into sharp relief is just how profoundly homesick Victor must've been. Right. It just to, yes, he, he plays it off well in this whole movie about being able to live in this airport, but like just getting that signature, not having been home in months having to live in subpar conditions, having to like fight your way to earn money and then to get thrown into a situation where this guy has no clue what Victor has just gone through. And it's just like, Oh, I got here Tuesday. And just like, it just, I would feel so unseen in that moment. And I just think that would throw into sharp relief how homesick I, I actually felt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good job, Max. Thanks for lifting that up.
1: Oh, he's had so many good ones. I like it when Max
0: talks more.
1: He's fun. If only he would watch Avatar. Yeah. But I guess that's why we're doing these things. Yeah.
0: So you're going to watch Avatar now?
1: Not at this time. Hmm. Mm. Classic Max. All right, we'll be right back. And we'll jump back in with the devotion and our gratitude.
2: friends, loved ones, patrons, (laughs) people of all kinds, welcome back to a Patreon-exclusive episode of Bending, Not Breaking. My name is Max Gongaware. Throughout this episode... Oh my god. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) we're done. Okay, good, 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 good. I'm joined... By Sunshine Mayfield, we gotta stop letting him do things Holy like God. this. Yeah, this, this isn't is, working. <laughs> no, this is. This is. I'm going NPR. I'm going in NPR Cognito. <laughs> okay. What are we doing, Max? I'm Let's... joined. No. <laughs> what are we doing? By Sunshine Mayfield and Ben Pruitt. Welcome back. We're about to get ourselves into our devotion. <laughs> and today, it's like that episode of Parks and Rec where the uh, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe if you just stopped interrupting me, we'd we'd be halfway through this devotion by now. Ever think about that? Continue. You're making me homesick for this devotion. Speaking of homesickness and devotions, today's lens has been homesickness, and our devotion will be looking at homesickness with an air of air to oh. it. Oh, I see what you did there. I'll let y'all get started. How are y'all going to look at homesickness through the lens of air, the lens of homesickness through the element of air. That's what I'm going to say. There
0: you go.
1: Yeah, I think for me, we, we kind of already touched on it, but air really is life, right? Air is life. Sunshine, let's start with you. Great. <laughs> air is life. Uh, if we're going to... to I've been b- told ball is life. R-
0: well... <laughs> but what is, a, what is inside of a ball? <laughs> oh, maybe should, stopped interrupting me. I'd be halfway it. through this devotion right now, Max. <laughs> we should take away his microphone. <laughs> A ball, Um, of
2: course, is inflated with. Air, thank you. (laughs) Just trying to help you out.
1: Yep, it's all full circle. Um, Unless it's a football. These moments of connection can really breathe life into those who are feeling lonely and homesick. And so I think for me, my goal is to foster those moments of connection, hopefully with other people, Um, working emergency care, uh, child care right now, And I think I've been living in the space of it's emergency childcare. We just got to make sure kids are safe. And I've been missing an opportunity of creating those moments of connection like I would with a standard summer camp experience. And so I think for me, that's still really important to do. So that's what I'm going to focus on this week is still creating those moments of connection between people to help with that feeling of loneliness. And so that's my devotion. That's That's my weekly goal.
0: That's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. While while I was thinking about homesickness and, and air, I was thinking about, like, what, is, what does home feel like? And it reminded me of, like, a gentle, warm summer breeze where it's, like, it's...
1: Summer breeze makes me feel fine. Okay. Point.
0: that No, no, no. So, anyway, I f- feel like home is, like, I, I just get... I'm really hot, and that just nice breeze comes along that makes me feel... Better and then on the other hand, like homesickness to me feels like when I'm getting a a, a really big blast or uh, just a breeze that's just making my fingers like hurt because of how cold I feel and it's just really uncomfortable and. It's just not great, and so I, I was thinking about, like, what can I do to be a warm breeze for people? What can I do to be that that uplifting, not, like, force of air, but, like, this just gentle uplifting, and I think for me, it's just how do I give life to to being more vocal with my compliments and with my appreciation with my gratitude and with my praise of others and so i'm gonna really be intentional about uplifting other people this week max how about you so
2: i the three of us have each been a part of a uh podcast training well certainly a podcast but also a training like an elements training and ben i'm gonna ask you can you define when somebody is described as windy what does that mean
0: according to this elements training? Oh, that's such a big question. Okay. So, uh, help me if I make mistakes cause you've all done this too, but like there's a lot of different, things about a windy person and sunshine is a windy person so he can, he's gonna be able to help us with this i am very windy but windy people are like the air they're kind of everywhere they're all over the place uh sometimes they can be a gale force tornado sometimes they can be a, a gentle breeze and sometimes they uh, like if you think about like what is the wind evoke it's like a howling wind so sometimes like windy people can be considered moody sometimes like windy people have a lot of great ideas because they are like all over the place they see everything they feel everything and so that's a little picture of what it is What did i miss anything that sunshine what, what yeah do you think? a
1: lot of big idea stuff uh definitely needs to be kind of pulled in and, and grounded in facts and reality sometimes but a lot of big ideas um the type of person when they're planning a birthday party was like what if we build a roller coaster
0: in their house. And then the earth person says, "Well, who's got the budget for that?" Yeah, who has money for that? Also, like we don't have time for that. Also, like that's what the earth person does. Does that answer your question, Max?
2: Yeah, and I think y'all did a great job of describing a windy person through a lens of like this is what they are at their best. This is this is the value that a windy person brings to their team. But I think that as a windy person myself, sometimes I worry about Oh, as a windy person, am I perceived as flippant or a distraction to the group? Are my big ideas coming out so far out of left field that I am I'm I'm worried I'm throwing the progress of this group group completely off? Cuz th- those are like that wind, that those can be weaknesses of a windy person, correct? Mm, mhm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I guess what I'm trying to get at here is um, while a windy person can be distracting at times, What is something that we found was extremely successful when dealing with people who were feeling homesickness when we were camp counselors?
0: Oh, man, that's so true, y'all. Distraction is a huge, huge thing for helping children deal with their homesickness.
1: Well, again, because you're creating moments where they can feel like they belong and they're doing something, right? They feel like they're a part of something. You're taking
0: their mind off their homesickness to reestablish safety, right? Yeah. So
2: I guess uh, what I'm getting at here is As I think through the lens of homesickness, I think I I am at a point... I am sometimes shy to exhibit my windiness uh, in my professional life. But I think that one thing I've learned and one thing that y'all have seen having worked close with me is that I'm actually at my best, can be at my best when I'm at my most windy. Uh, And so I I want to uh, use this next week to... I don't know. Refind my windiness, and how can I make others feel better? Make others feel more at home uh, in a time when feeling at home—it's like we're all uncomfortable right now with the realities of COVID and all that comes with it. Uh, how can I refind my windiness and maybe be a charming distraction, a delightful distraction, uh, and help and help people in that way, and hopefully not be a distraction in a negative way. Uh, but insert myself in a way that, um, Oh, it's good to see this side of you again, Max. This, this is helping me right now. So
0: that's just something I'm thinking about. I always love being a little bit more authentic in order to be more, um, be ready to face the world a little bit better. So I love that. Absolutely. And I'm thankful for you. Ah, speaking of thankful, Let's move into our moments of gratitude. Let's, shall we? Yeah. Who would like to go first?
2: Max? Sure. Uh, I will speak my gratitude toward Benny Golson, who, of course, is the final autograph that Victor Noworski seeks. Uh, Victor Noworski eventually makes his way into the Ramada Inn and watches Benny play his saxophone and... Um, you know, has a really pleasant conversation with Benny, gets that final autograph. It's nothing, uh, it's not a super, uh, poignant conversation necessarily, but Benny was extremely gracious to Victor, uh, grateful to, uh, just hear from another jazz fan and, um, obviously without Benny, uh, the... This movie doesn't really come to a very satisfying conclusion, so I'm grateful for that as well. Um, that Benny was a part of that, so thank you, Benny Golson. I do love Benny Golson, and
1: this—it's a good moment. I love that moment. Mine is going to go uh, to Mr. Milo Dragovich. I think for me, it is worth highlighting that legality and morality are sometimes two very separate things and i think his willingness to do whatever he needed to do to help someone that he loved while not putting anyone else at risk except for himself is something that was just a beautiful moment and i think that i know we talked about it earlier but i wanted to to lift that up again so, Mr. Mila is is my person I would like to share gratitude with.
0: Oh, really tough situation. Okay. So, uh, we are remaining committed to our um, highlighting a female during our moments of gratitude. And this is a uh, very male-dominated movie. Um, it it does not really pass the Bechtel test, and for reference, uh, the the test is: do two named women interact in a scene talking about something other than a man? And and the answer is no. That does not it, happen. It does not happen in this movie, right? And and you you studied film way more than this. Can you just elaborate on on the Bechtel test a little bit? Absolutely. It's really meant to be. It's uh, indicative
1: of the presence of women in the entire field of film and fiction. Um, It is not necessarily saying that a movie that doesn't pass the Bechdel test can't be valuable and can't have worth um, and can't be a, a phenomenal movie, but it is meant to highlight that, women didn't really play a prominent role. Underrepresented. They're underrepresented. And it doesn't mean that every movie that passes the Bechdel test is a great representation of women. Correct, yeah. Um, but it is saying, on a on a very binary standard, they're either represented in this movie or not. And it's more of a, just kind of a, did
0: it pass? It's it's kind of a filter that you can look at things through and say. So, in moral of the story is, this movie does not pass. And, uh... I I want to just lift that up before we dive into this. So, but I'm choosing Amelia for my, my gratitude. And like, there, there are things that happen to Amelia in this movie that are not great. Uh, Amelia, her files are pulled illegally. Uh, Her superiors at the airport pull her file knowing that she is close to Victor in order to manipulate her into making his life worse uh, she just gets it really bad, and she's treated poorly, and it is, it's not okay. And so I am, I, I'm grateful for her, specifically for, for th- this interaction, and this is, again, not great, but Frank Dixon pulls her and, and says, you're the kind of woman that can get any guy she wants. Why Victor Noworski? And Amelia responds with, that's something a guy like you could never understand. And it just is really highlighting uh, misogynistic behavior. It really just re- her response is just she's keenly aware, and it's just I just I struggle with with this lack of fair and good representation of of positive women role models in this movie. And I I'm I'm grateful for her for this moment for kind of just you know not putting up with his with this crap and i just i wish there were more of like sticking it to the man in this but um unfortunately the patriarchy is the worst so i'm just grateful that ben's next tattoo yeah the patriarchy is the worst yeah that's yeah that'll (laughs) be my next that's a good point yes okay that's that's i'm grateful for her ah so many great characters max thank you so much for
1: for choosing the terminal for us to watch as um, if there was
2: any other choice.
1: We will keep people updated on Patreon about what the next choice will be uh, next month. So y'all can go watch that. One of these times we should let my this. sister
0: choose. Wh- why? Whose choice would that be? Sophie's choice. Yeah, but this is this is Max's choice.
2: I was just doing a Sophie's doing choice a Sophie's joke. Choice. Which is just a hilarious topic to do I don't get
1: jokes it. about. It's not. Do you not know what Sophie's choice is? No. We'll, we'll talk about it.
2: Great. My sister's name is Sophie. All right to catch everybody up at home. <laughs>
0: Thank y'all so much for listening. I've been Sunshine Mayfield. This has been Pruitt. And we also have... Standing at six foot one. Oh, my God.
2: First baseman, because his favorite player as a kid was Jim Tomey. This has
1: been a Patreon exclusive. Thank y'all so much for listening. He is
2: from Raleigh, North Carolina, currently residing in Durham, North Carolina. We will be here next time. The city Bye-bye. Of, the City of Medicine... Not a podunk town. You're gonna fade this part out, right? I still haven't said my name, so no. He's gonna do it in post. I'm gonna am <laughs> gonna keep going it until I say my name, as if I'm a Destiny's Child song. Did I get that right? Are you done yet? I mean, if you would stop interrupting me. Again, standing
0: at six it's foot one. Through this.
2: <laughs> a what is what's another fun fact? A baseball fan for life. Yeah, a we Basketball got that fan. being
0: a first baseman. This is good. On.
2: Genuinely, one of the best people you've ever heard in your ear holes. Sunshine and Pruitt would agree, despite my actions currently, that I am overall at least an eight out of ten. Yeah, you're a catch. Not necessarily aesthetically, but just like heart-wise, it's a good heart and a hood guard. His name, my name, Max Gongaware. Thank you for joining this exclusive episode of Bending Not Breaking Part 2 The Terminal We've had fun here today I'm going to fade this in with the uh, Bending Not Breaking theme music It's going to be electric <laughs> Yeah, I said my name Max Gongwear Good night or good day Depends on what time you're listening